Rookie Designer, Episode 11. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Today we're going to be finishing up our Podcasting 101 mini-series and taking a look at the final four steps to finishing off that podcast, uploading it, and distributing the feed to get it out to all the listeners that you intended it for. Now, there's really just one piece of design news for this podcast, and any Quark users or other page layout enthusiasts may be interested in this little tidbit. Quark 7 is actually going to be previewed at Macworld 2006, and that is coming up in January, I believe, of this next year, and it'll be in San Francisco. So if you are at all interested in that, try and get out to that, and there will be some previews of the functionality and everything that's coming out in the new version of Quark Express. As far as internal news goes, the forum is up and ready to be registered on, as you should know by now. And, well, we have a few people that have done it so, so far, but we're really going to need mass participation in this thing for it to work. If we just have a couple of people online talking to each other, well, that's more like email than it is a forum. So if you get some extra time, it doesn't take that long, jump up on there and uh, register yourself. I want to send a special thank you to Josh, who put a little posting in the intros section, kind of introduced himself. He's more of a web designer, more on the coding or language side of things. But he also put up two very, very good links. If you are in web design or if you are wanting to pursue web design, you should definitely get up there, register, and then you can take a look at it and check it out. Thank you, Josh, again for, for putting yourself up there. There are some new additions to the website as well. The first of which is a mini jukebox player. If you go to the website and look on the right-hand side at the very top, you will now see a button that says, Listen Now. If you click on this button, it will open a size window with a player in it that plays any of the Rookie Designer episodes that are currently out. This is just a way, if you want to go to the website and search through the different pages that I have put up while listening to the show, you can do so without having to worry about losing the player. The player is external now, so you can navigate to any of the pages that you want and still be able to listen. In addition to that, I've added a button down on the right-hand side also, down below the Frapper button. It is a MySpace button, and this takes you to a MySpace page that's set up for Rookie Designer. It also has the mini player, so you can listen to episodes there. If you are a member, you can, of course, become my friend and, and just a new way for you to correspond with me if you'd like. If you are not a member, you can go ahead and join and, and have all the same functionality and even set up your own page. So something else to check out there. Before we jump right into things, I wanted to mention something that I actually forgot to put in the last episode when we were talking about creating your content and actually getting it recorded using music and sound effects. And the big thing that goes along with this, and this is a very big thing, you, you have to have full ownership of things that you use. If, you are, if you're using copyrighted material, you have to have ownership of that material or written permission or 
you know, the standard rules apply there. You, you can't be using something that somebody else made without them knowing it. Because if somebody turns you in, well, that's about the same thing as stealing. So make sure if you're going to use something that is copyrighted, that you, you have permission to do so or that you own the piece. All right, so we left off last time. We had just encoded our MP3, and now we're ready to get it up on the internet so that we can start distributing it to people. So the next step is going to be to set up our weblog page. Now, weblogs, if you don't know, are just kind of an easier way to, to update a web page without having to do all the HTML coding or even no HTML coding. It's a, a full WYSIWYG editor to set, set up the new posts, so you really don't have to know HTML at all. And WYSIWYG, again, stands for what you see is what you get. So it's kind of like using Word or something like that where you don't really have to know how to code anything. You pretty much just type it in like a word processor and it makes the code for you. Now this has kind of become the standard for podcasting and actually it's where podcasting originally came from. Before people would just have their weblogs and type all their information into the weblog and that would send out the feed to anyone who is subscribed and then they knew that there was new content to go and read. Well, a couple of people thought hey, it'd be a good idea to do an audio weblog instead and that way I don't have to do all the typing and the person that wants the information wouldn't have to do a bunch of reading. So that's basically where this idea came from. So we still use the weblog as the way to basically get the information out and let people know that there's something new to gather. With that, I have used Blogger for my podcasts, and I think it's a pretty easy one to use, mainly because of the fact that I never had a weblog before I did a podcast. So if I can do it, any of you can as well. I also have a linked blogger tutorial of how to set it up on the Podcasting 101 page on the Rookie Designer website. So if you go through that, it gives a little step-by-step -step with screenshots that shows you how to initially set up your, your blogger account. Once you get going, all you have to do is put up new posts to your weblog and you attach the MP3 files to that and the rest is magic from there. We're going to find out what happens after that. The next issue we need to think about is hosting. With Blogger, you can actually host your weblog on blogger.com. They give you a little bit of space, but it's only about, I think, 10 megabytes. So that's really not sufficient even probably to put out one podcast. But obviously, you're going to put out more than one podcast. So even if one did fit up there, you're going to want to have some other way to host your files. So we're going to set up Blogger to host on an external server. Now, for your external server, there's a lot of different options. And the main thing to think about here is your MP3s are going to be smaller file sizes than a normal audio file. But once you get a few months into the show, you're going to have quite a few of them. So you're going to start piling up a lot of megabytes of storage. So you want to make sure that you have sufficient storage, first of all. And beyond that, you have to think of bandwidth. There's going to be a lot of activity on your website because every time someone is going to come and listen to your show, well, that's more activity that, that's going against your bandwidth. And this is going to be a, a bigger issue, as we can see a little bit later. As I said before, Blogger only gives you a minimal amount of storage, so you're going to want to have your files hosted on a different server somewhere. 
I actually use the same host, which is, they're called DreamHost. And it's the same one that I use for my freelance graphic design website. I actually had plenty of room left over on that. I got a great deal. I would recommend if anybody needs hosting to go there. But I got a great deal and I had a lot of room left over, so I figured why not just put it up there as well. But now we get back to this bandwidth issue. If you have just a few people that are subscribed to your show, well, your bandwidth is not going to be very big. But the one thing to think about, most hosting companies actually have a limit, not only to how much storage you have, but how much bandwidth you have for each month. And if you go over this amount, well, you're going to start incurring some fees. And that's where a lot of podcasters that I've heard have ran into trouble. It may not be so bad in the beginning, as I said, when you only have a few people subscribed, but once you your show grows in popularity, and say you have a couple of hundred people, or even a couple of thousand people that are hitting your page every day, well, things can actually heat up quite a bit, and pretty fast. The solution to this problem that I proposed is to use a company that really caters more to the podcaster's needs as far as ho- their hosting services. One such company that does this is called Liberated Syndication. And what they really do is they base your plan more on how often your shows come out, how long they are, possibly even how many subscribers you have. This way you're not incurring extra fees and you're not getting charged too much, yet the company is still being able to charge what they need to charge for the services that are being rendered. And you can find the Liberated Syndication website if you go to the demo on rookiedesigner.com. And I, would all, I will also post it in the show notes for today's show. In the next step, we're going to be working exclusively with the feed and a service that's on a website called feedburner.com. And it's a very valuable service at that. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, I thought when I set up my blogger account and started posting to that, it actually automatically made the feed for me. And this is true. But there are different types of feeds And we want to be able to get this feed out to as many people as possible, which means it needs to be in a format that can be read by several different readers as well as podcatchers. Now the feed file that is produced by your blogger account is actually called an Atom feed. And the type of feed that many readers as well as podcatchers, such as iTunes, require is called an RSS feed. These are just two different types, and if this doesn't really mean much to you right now, don't worry about it. It's not that important. Just know that it's good to go through FeedBurner so it can produce the type of feed that's going to be able to be distributed to as many people as possible. Now I have put up a step-by-step tutorial that has screenshots, and you can get that by going to the demo on the Rookie Designer website, and it'll show you all the settings that you need to get your podcast running smoothly, have the little picture attached that you see in the music store and iTunes, as well as different ways, different keywords that it can be searched by, the category that it's in, the description of the show, and several other things like that. This is where you put all these things in, and it puts it in your feed so that it all shows up in places like the iTunes store. Now you may notice when you first start out that this website actually caters to podcasters as well. It has a little area where you put in your feed URL, and right next to that there's a little checkbox that says, I am a podcaster. This lets them know that they need to give you those those extra services, those extra choices on your feed so that you can set it up for all these things that you can enter. Well, at this point, you can uh, take a little break, maybe crack open a beer or something, because your podcast is done. 
Now it's up to you to just keep making new episodes whenever you think the time is right, and mainly just trying to get your message out and keep the listeners interested. Now the final step is actually related to things that you should be doing after your podcast is out, and the main goal here is to increase your listener base, because you know there's no reason to waste your time doing this if nobody's going to listen. So once your podcast is out there, it's your job to get the word out and get people interested in listening. The first suggestion that I have is that you submit to several directories. You know, some big examples of these directories would be iTunes and their music store, the Yahoo Podcasts website, and Podcast Alley. And Podcast Alley, you may have heard that before. This is a big one. This is actually where all the voting goes down. If you remember, I have asked you in the past to submit some votes for me. And this is one of the biggest directories that there is on the web, and it's where a lot of people go to find new podcasts, and that's the way they find them. The more votes you get, the higher ranked you are, the, the, the less digging you have to do to find that podcast. So basically, this is where the people will find you. So that's why you want to be as, on as many directories as you can, because you don't know where they're going to go looking for your podcast. So make sure you're on as many as you can find. In addition to these, you can just go on Google and search for podcasts or podcast directories or podcasting. It's, it's a big thing going on right now, and there's websites popping up everywhere. So make sure you go ahead and do that. The next thing is actually tracking your podcast and its listeners. And if you take a look at the FeedBurner tutorial that I have up on the website, you'll see one little area where you can actually track stats of how many people are subscribed, how many people are hitting the feed each day or each week or each month. And it also gives you stats on the readership so you can see where these people are getting you from. Now, a lot of people that listen to this podcast do so through iTunes, and I know that because of the FeedBurner stats. But it also gives you a breakdown of all the other different readers that people are hitting your feed with. This is all good stuff to know. Also, there's a company called PodTrack, and they give you a couple of different options for tracking your podcast as well. And you're going to see some of these in the near future if you haven't already. One thing that I do, actually, is I attach a different link in front of the link that you use to download the show. And what this does, it sends tracking information to PodTrack, and once they get information for a couple of months, they'll send you an email with what's really going on with your feed there. Also, they have things such as the mini player that I have added to the website, and also a podcasting survey that kind of gets a feeling for what the listeners are, are thinking of this particular podcast, as well as podcasting in general. Another good idea to do this is because if you are just completely killing it with your listener base and people are loving what they're hearing, this is a good way to get a sponsorship and maybe actually have this turn into something bigger than something you do in your garage. Another thing that's a very good idea to do is to network and trade. And we've talked about this with the things that we do, of course, but it also can apply to podcasting. One very good thing to do is to trade links or banners or chiclets, which are the little teeny tiny banners, or badges, which are a little, little bigger than that. I don't know, there's all kinds of lingo out there for these things. Basically, just a little advertisement that you can give to somebody else to put on their website so people would see it and maybe come see your show. In addition to that, you can combine with other podcasters 
maybe they have a similar show that you can pick up on their on their listener base because people are interested in that same type of thing. Or perhaps you want to go for a more different type of show and, and try and really appeal to a new whole new audience. So things you can do here, you can agree to trade plugs with another podcaster. So basically, you're talking about their show on yours, and they're talking about your show on theirs. Another thing, you can record a bumper for them or an advertisement. A lot of podcasts, you'll hear people saying, uh, this is so-and-so from Rookie Designer, and you're listening to so-and-so podcast. This is always a great thing to do. It's A lot of people have absolutely no problem putting them on the front of their podcast and a good way, another good way to get people interested or at least get your name out there of your podcast. Another thing to do, interview another podcaster. If they are in a similar field or something that relates in some way, this is a good way to get you guys both talking about each of your shows and plugging one on the other. A perfect example of this, if you're a subscriber to the Digital Photography Tips from the Top Floor, you may have heard this already, but I'm going to play this little tidbit that got on there. And this is really comes from just being active on other people's websites or forums or being active with their podcasts. On the last Photoshop Corner, we were talking about non-destructive editing using adjustment layers. And there is some great feedback that I received from listener Adam Hay regarding flattening your images. He says, don't flatten the image unless you have an unflattened version somewhere else because you cannot go back to what you did after you flattened it. So be careful with it. Adam recommends a great keyboard shortcut to flatten your image that will create a new layer from all existing layers but leave the original layers untouched. And on the Mac it's Command-Option-Shift-E. On a PC use Control-Alt-Shift-E. Give it a try next time you flatten layers. Another tip would be to add communication to your podcast. And by this, I mean things such as the Frapper map that we currently have, or the MySpace page that I just recently added. These are just ways to have non-personalized non communication, meaning you don't have to give out your email or your phone number or pieces of information that you really don't want to be giving to strangers of the internet. These things can also be considered just something fun for the listeners to do, and a new way to communicate with you on more of a personal level rather than just listening to you talk to them all the time. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. The tip for today actually comes from a mistake that I made. And this whole podcasting thing has been a big learning process, but it's been a very good experience as well. And again, the whole, the whole point of this rookie mistake thing is to let you in on errors that either I or others have made so that you don't have to make them. You can go through the process and do it right the first time. So here's what I found out. This is just recently, so I've had my feed going for quite some time. And what I did, I went back to the blogger site and changed some of the settings on my feed. One of the things that I changed was the title of the show used to be, or the title of the feed rather, used to be Rookie Designer, all one word, all lowercase. Well, you might have noticed that it changed to a capital R and capital D, and now there's a space in between. So this was just a, a simple change made to the settings of the feed. I also changed a couple other little things. And the consequence of this was I went to the iTunes Music Store 
And I went to search for my podcast and it didn't show up. And then I searched for the exact title of the show and it didn't show up. And I searched for the author of the show and typed my name in and it didn't show up. So this had me a little worried because most of my subscribers do come from the iTunes store. Although I do have the link that's linked from my website and you click on that and the thing is still there in the store, it's just not searchable. So I had to go through this big process and let the people at Apple know what was going on and it finally got fixed. So what I learned from this is once your feed is already going, if you go back and change certain things about your feed in the settings, then you might not be able to search your feed anymore. You're actually going to have to have them tweak something on their end because apparently that does something. Now this is not absolute knowledge because they did not tell me what happened. But this is what I'm assuming because it actually happened a couple of times to me where I changed some some setting about the feed and was not able to search it. I let them know and then they fixed it and now it's searchable again. So just keep that in mind once you have your feed already going. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. For the bullpen today, it might be kind of boring, but I'm actually going to put up the the support for iTunes podcast in the iTunes music store, because when I was searching around, when I made that error and I was trying to find some help to find out what was going on, it took me quite a while to navigate through their site and find the exact place where you, where you send in your issues. So the website for today is going to be that support page where you can put in your issue have it sent to them and they get back to you probably within about 24 hours and usually can get your issue resolved. Remember to visit the rookiedesigner.com website and the podcasting 101 demo that is up there. And hopefully if you have any unresolved issues that weren't covered in these two podcasts, you can find the answer there. If not, I welcome you to join the forum and post your questions up there and hopefully we can get them answered. We also do have the MySpace page for Rookie Designer up there. So whether you're a registered user of MySpace or not, you can go check that out. Again, just go to the website on the right-hand side underneath the button for the Frapper map, and you can link right there. Otherwise, go to myspace.com slash rookie designer. This will be the last show of 2005, so I... Wish upon you all a great holiday, a new year, and I'll be talking to you again in 2006. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's out of here!